While the treatment landscape for metastatic breast cancer has seen many clinical breakthroughs over the years, there is still a need for more effective endocrine treatment options for patients with hormone receptor positive, HER2 negative metastatic breast tumors. Emerging research may shed some light on a promising new treatment option for these patients. Welcome to Project Oncology on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Pavani Chirasani, and joining me today to discuss the Emerald trial and talk about an oral selective estrogen receptor degrader, or SERD, for in short, in metastatic breast cancer patients, is Dr. Aditya Badia, an associate professor at Harvard Medical School and a medical oncologist and director of breast cancer research at Massachusetts General Hospital. Dr. Badia, thanks for joining me today. Yes, absolutely. Let's start with some background on the Emerald trial, Dr. Badia. What were your objectives in evaluating this oral SERD, and can you share some of your key findings with us? Yeah, absolutely. So endocrine therapy is the mainstay of management of hormone receptor positive breast cancer, and currently endocrine therapy plus a CDK4-6 inhibitor is the recommended first-line treatment for ER-positive metastatic breast cancer. But patients have disease progression, and in the second, third-line setting, we tend to use fulvestrant or switch the aromatase inhibitor. But the clinical benefit, the median progression-free survival, is quite short with these standard endocrine options. So there's a need for better endocrine therapies. Also, fulvestrant is given as an intramuscular shot. So from a patient perspective, can be inconvenient. So we were interested in developing a better endocrine option for patients with ER-positive breast cancer. In a phase one, phase two trial, elacestrant had demonstrated promising clinical activity. So the Emerald trial was essentially designed to look at this new agent, elacestrant, was a standard of care endocrine therapy, be it fulvestrant or AI, in the second third-line ER-positive metastatic breast cancer setting in patients who had received prior CDK4-6 inhibitor. The trial had co-primary endpoints of progression-free survival in the full population and also progression-free survival in patients who have mutations in the estrogen receptor, the so-called ESR1 mutations. In terms of the study results, the trial was positive. It showed that patients who received emerald did better as compared to standard-of-care endocrine therapy in terms of progression-free survival in the overall population, as well as patients who had ESR1 mutations. The hazard ratio was about 0.7 in the overall population. It was 0.55 in patients with ESR1 mutations. In that group, you could particularly see almost doubling of progression-free survival. And there was also a trend in terms of improvement in overall survival in the overall population and patients who had ESR1 mutations. So our bottom line and conclusion was that elacestrant demonstrated superior activity as compared to standard of care endocrine therapy. And in the future, we need to develop this agent and other oral surges as well in the first line and adjuvant setting and also look at combination therapy. So given these results, when do you recommend testing for the ESR1 mutation? Like, is it prior to, you think, using the oral CERD, or is there any time point during the treatment decision that you do? Yeah, good question about testing of ESR1 mutations. ESR1 mutations are acquired mutations. So if you test the primary tumor, you're likely going to miss ESR1 mutations. 
Our routine clinical practice at this time is once a patient has disease progression on first-line therapy, we tend to do tumor genotyping, usually plasma-based genotyping to look at, say, PIK3CA because alpelacib is FDA-approved for PIK3CA mutant ear-positive metastatic breast cancer. And often we do panel testing. And as, as long as ESR1 is part of that panel, you can look at both ESR1 and PIK3CA and other genes. So that would be my recommendation, testing for ESR1 after first-line therapy with endocrine plus CDK46 inhibitor. Yeah. So given the current emerald results and the benefit of alocestrin even after fulvestrin, but how do you see sequencing of fulvestrin versus alocestrin in clinical practice? Yeah, I view elacestrant as an oral and stronger or better version of fulvestrant. So wherever fulvestrant is used currently, one could potentially consider elacestrant based on the study as well as other land studies. That's the concept. That's the vision. So I would consider elacestrant in the second line setting instead of fulvestrant. For those just tuning in, you're listening to Project Oncology on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Pavni Chalasani, and I'm speaking to Dr. Aditya Bardia about sasetuzumab as a treatment option for metastatic triple negative breast cancer patients. You know, let's just dig a little deeper into this oral CERD. What are some of the most common adverse events with this treatment option, and how do you go about managing them? Yeah, elacestrant is oral, and the number one side effect we see is nausea. With this agent, incidence of any grade nausea being about 30%. Most patients don't need any anti-nausea medications, but if a patient has severe nausea, you can certainly use an anti-nausea medication such as Hondacetron or Prochlorperazine. Outside of that, the side effects are pretty much similar to what you would expect with other endocrine therapy, some hot flashes, and other menopausal-related side effects. Because it's oral, it does not cause any problems like fulvestrant with the intramuscular shot. So that's with elacestrant. There are other oral surge in development such as amsenestrant, geradestrant, immunolestrant, camisazestrant, a lot of oral surge in clinical development, which have a slightly different side effect profile. Some of the other oral surge can cause vision disturbances, dizziness. One of them is also known to decrease the heart rate or cause bradycardia. So we'll have to be careful in terms of the side effects because there might be drug-specific side effects besides class-specific side effects. Great. Thank you. I know you briefly commented on which clinical scenario or where you would incorporate, but at this time, the trial focused on the use of alacestrin as a single agent. So if this oral CERD is approved, what kind of patient population would you routinely use it in clinic for patients? What kind of disease burden would you see yourself using or recommending this treatment? Yeah, good question. So I would use this agent in a study population similar to Emerald. So in the second line or third line post CDK46 setting, that is where I would use this agent. The Emerald trial did include patients who had visceral metastases and who had even received one line of prior chemo. So I would feel comfortable using this agent in that setting. There are planned studies looking at elacestrant with other targeted therapies. And if we have safety data and some evidence of efficacy, I would also feel comfortable using combination therapy as long as we have some data. Obviously, outside of data, I would only use it as a single agent. And with those forward-facing insights, I want to thank my guest, Dr. Aditya Badia, for joining me today and sharing his research and his insights from Emerald Trial and the Oral Selective Estrogen Receptor Degrader. Dr. Badia, it was great having you on the program today. 
Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Dr. Pavani Chalasani. To access this and other episodes in our series, visit reachmd.com slash project oncology, where you can be a part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.